Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the Northfield Podcast. I'm your host, Caleb Gordon. Thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to be a part of the program today. As always, I want to say thanks to our friends at Outpost Coffee for providing us with incredible caffeinated beverages. Check these guys out. Perfect stocking stuffer gift ideas. Outpostcoffeeco.com. Okay, so on the program today, we have Dr. Michael State. He's the pastor at First Baptist Church of Mustang, Oklahoma. Um, just really excited to have a conversation with this, this man of God and, and just his commitment to the expository preaching of God's Word. Got to, got to meet him in person when I went to the Expository Preaching Academy with Dr. Steve Lawson in August and just was really impressed with him. And my hope and prayer is uh, that the conversation we have today encourages you and challenges you to want to love Jesus and His Word more. So I pray that this encourages you this week. Welcome to the Northfield Nation, Dr. Michael Staten. How in the world are you? Great. Glad to be with you today. It's good to uh, spend a few minutes with you. Yes, sir. You as well. So I got a little bit, so you have a little bit of history. I came to the expository preaching event with Dr. Steve Lawson at your church and got to hear you and and a little bit talk between the sessions and just really was impressed with your commitment to expository preaching and your commitment to the love of the word and for the church and for God's and God's people. So I just, I wanted to have you on just to talk about um, your ministry and what you do. So give, give our folks just um, a 30,000 foot view of who you are and how Jesus got a hold of you. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate it. It really is an honor to talk about life and ministry and preaching with you. So I, I appreciate the invitation. Um, yeah, so I, I've been at my church for 23 years here at First Baptist wow. Church in Mustang. Just about two weeks ago, finished my 23rd year here. Before that, I was seven years at a church in South Oklahoma City. So I've been in full-time ministry for right at 30 years. Wow. I started at 20 and um just turned 50 so i've had to do look that 50 brother year. come yeah, on <laughs> I, I crossed over man it's i crossed over uh, i was actually in london preaching for about two weeks on over my 50th birthday and i got accused from people at my church of skipping the country to avoid all the all turning the 50 jokes but yeah <laughs> um, so i went to i grew up in south Oklahoma city went to westmore high school uh, went to college at the University of Central Oklahoma, where I met my wife. Uh, we got married in 96, and I started full-time ministry in 94. So um, I was at a church and more, then we got married. Uh, today, we've got two grown adult sons. Both of them are married, uh, Kale and Benjamin. Awesome. Uh, the Lord provided just amazing godly wives. My daughters-in-law are just they're just the the joy of my life. I love nice. them so much. And they're just the answer to years of prayers and and just take so much pride in in those sweet girls the Lord brought to my sons. Come on. And, and uh they're they're in my church. Both my sons and their wives are all four in my church, serve all of them, have active uh parts of our church. So we're thrilled with that. Praise the uh, Lord. So my wife and our empty nesters now. <laughs> my sons live nearby with their wives, but we're empty nesters. And so we're loving this season of life. It's a lot of fun for no. ministry. It's opened up some new doors just without much time constraint. And the calendar doesn't limit us any. And uh, so it's just a sweet season. Our church is doing well by God's grace. Ministry here has been uh, just a joy, honestly, just amazed. that The Lord's given me 23 years to serve the, the people here. And so we're just, we're loving it. My wife and I are having such a great time in ministry and 
there's nothing I'd rather do than serve God's people and to get to do it with with uh, partnering with my wife. We've been married for 27 years, Come and uh, so just awesome. a, a thrill. Yeah, love it. I mean, that's such an encouragement to hear. Um, it, it just when I was at your place in August, it was just such a, a, a sweet feeling being there. The the, the staff. Uh, which is so great to us. And, and just, I, I loved being there and, and just studying and understanding what it looks like to be an expository preacher was such a great deal. And I appreciate your love for that. And, and talk, yeah. talk about your, your, uh, your, you've been at, you've got your, your doctor's degree in expository preaching from master seminary. So home right. of Tony Mac, John, Mac- Dr. Yep. John MacArthur. So yep. Um, yep. talk about that for just a few minutes. Yeah. So that that was that was such a thrill for me. It was a great three years of my life. the The way it happened was so I've gone to Shepherd's Conference, the preaching conference he hosts every year. Uh, I've been there probably I don't know twenty times, twenty years. Nice. Uh, and back in two thousand fifteen, so eight years ago, they were relaunching their Doctor of Ministry and Expository Preaching program. Um, Steve Lawson was going to to be the lead of that. Mm-hmm. Um, John MacArthur is going to be an active part of teaching in it. And they were bringing in, um, some, some very well-known, highly respected guys just around the world. Sinclair sure. Ferguson, uh, Joel Beakey, Alistair Begg. They they had a dinner where they were, uh, explaining what about this new program. And so honestly, I didn't go planning to be a student. I was just excited. The program was going to be there. I was just excited right. about what was happening for pastors in the body of Christ. So I went there and, and honestly, I I was just there to say, I want to learn about it, to be excited about it. That was it. Nice. And they talked about the program and, and all these guys are going to be part of teaching. And they talked about um, pastor John's involvement in it. And it was, it was just, it was thrilling. And so I left that dinner and I called my wife, (laughs) but so it's not what you think though. I called her and I said, I said, I'm so excited about this program that TMS is launching. It's going to be great for for men to be a part of it. And that's as far as my mind went. Sure. And Marcy, my wife, said, we've got to do this. (laughs) And I said, oh, I I didn't even, I'm not even thinking about me doing it. I'm just excited that it's it's available. And she said, no, 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 we've got to do this. She said, I'll do whatever I need to do at home. I'll make any adjustments necessary to help you to do this. You need to do this. Oh, wow. What and a I said, Well, you know, uh, we've got two teenage sons at the time, and there's never an easy time, you know, no. to, to do those things. And I'm thinking about all the things going on in the church and all the good things happening there. And I'm like, I don't know. I, I wasn't really planning to do the program. And she said, we're, she said, we're in, like, we're doing this. That's awesome. And so I went back to the hotel that night and started the online application process. And about a month later, finished that up, got accepted and and started in in May of 2015. And it was an amazing program. I loved it. You read a bunch, you write a ton. And every single paper I wrote, the, the ending dissertation project was about 200 pages uh, but every paper I wrote, including that, my wife read it, edited, proofread. She's a reader. She, my, my wife is brilliant, uh, way awesome. smarter than I am. <laughs> and so she just took on this extra load of being my editor and, and yeah. helped me uh, make 
make things sound right. And so it, when I say like we were doing this, I mean, I'm doing the reading, I'm doing the preaching, I'm doing the writing, I'm doing all the work, but she was absolutely along for that three year oh, ride. Yeah. As was my church. My church embraced that I was investing in me and investing in them. And my church supported me and encouraged me more than I could ever imagine. And oh, it was cool. such a thrill. When I graduated with that, to me, that was the end game. Like, I, I just wanted to be a better preacher. I just wanted to be sure. better oh, at what God called me to do. From that, the Lord's opened quite a few doors for me. And so, like today, I do uh, preach. I'm a preaching mentor for doctoral students. I go out there to, to teach and lecture um, with the doctoral students. I do I do preaching evaluations for the MacArthur Center for Expository Preaching. And then I write uh, regularly for for TMS online. And all of those are just kind of things the Lord in his grace just kind of opened up as a result of those relationships. My time spent at TMS. I didn't go to TMS to do anything else than what I'm doing. Yeah. But the Lord in his, in his kindness has allowed those years to be ongoingly fruitful for me. So when I think of TMS, when I think of the doctoral work I did there, it's nothing but gratitude. Um, in so fact... Awesome. I've got a I've got a big group of pastors I pray for by name every Sunday morning. Now, about 75 guys I pray for every Sunday and send them all a quick text. And uh, about 20 of those guys are men that I graduated from TMS with that I, I'm in, I'm in touch with every single Sunday. Uh, wow. Guys that have just become lifelong friends. Sure, I'm so thankful for. And and to be honest with you, if I can just kind of shoot straight. Yeah. When, when I started that doctoral work, in my mind, I thought there was going to be a lot of competition or kind of jockeying for position. You know, these are experienced guys, and um, many of them I'd figure would be very, very intelligent men, which they were. But the truth is, from the day I started at TMS, it was a brotherhood of pastors who all said, we're here to get better. And we all want to help do our small part of That's building awesome. the kingdom. And it was just a brotherhood of humble servants that to my shame, I did not expect. I kind of expected more of a little bit of a, not a rivalry, but you know how pastors can be when they get together sometimes in the wrong way. And it was just a sweet fellowship and brotherhood that to this day, is is just one of God's greatest gifts in my life. I'm so thankful for my time there at TMS. I loved it immensely. Love that. It's so that is so encouraging to hear because it, you're not wrong. In, in the ministry world, sometimes that can happen where you have these people that are jockeying for, especially with you when you got guys that are in front of you like John MacArthur and, and Steve Lawson, and all these guys trying to vie for their time and and all that kind of fun stuff. It's just it's refreshing to hear that so many of those guys just were there because they wanted to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ and, and hone their craft of, of preaching. Yeah. So that's and, and one of the things that the Lord did as a part of that is, you know, you got these preaching mentors, heroes from a distance. And what that work for me did, it brought some of these heroes up close and yeah. several of which have now gone from just mentors from distance to, to being friends. That's fantastic. Um, Steve, Steve Lawson preached my 20th anniversary sermon here at my church three years ago oh, um, and, and grateful for that. And several other of the guys that I had only read or watched from far away that have now become men that, that I have some kind of a friendship with have been able to 
to get to know personally. Yeah. One of the real um, things and things I'm so proud of are the men that I've gotten to know up close that I used to just know from a distance. Yeah. They're, they're, yeah. they're men that, that I respect even more now that I know them. Uh, men that as I've gotten to know their hearts and their ministries, it, it just all the more uh, made me thankful for, for who they are and what they do. So um, I, I go on and on about how much I love my time there. But the most important part of my time at TMS is I, it, it made me a better preacher. Come on. And, and that that was my goal. I wanted to be a better preacher for, for the people I'm called to serve here in my local church. This is the joy of my life Amen. is to pastor God's people at First Baptist Mustang. Yep. And my time at TMS made me better at, at doing that. I've got a long ways to go. I always will. Sure. But, but it made me better to serve them. And, and I'm thankful for that. Sure. Talk about uh, like, so you're committed to expository preaching verse by verse um, yeah. preaching. Talk about why that, why, do you think that that is the most important for, I know that topical preaching is yeah. in, in, in moments that's okay, but the, sure. the majority needs to be expository preaching. Talk about the importance of expository. I, I, yeah, I, I am. I am persuaded that way by conviction for sure. And, and there are a number of reasons. First and foremost, we remind ourselves, God revealed himself to us. Uh, he, he gave us a book. He gave us a Bible. And and he could have done other ways. That's how he chose to That's how He chose to reveal himself to us. We have the person of Christ, of course, and the written word. And we learn about the person of Christ through the written word. And so knowing and studying the Bible is, is essential. So if the Lord chose to give us a book, books are to be read. And so we need to read them. And the way to best read and understand a book is beginning to end and, and not leaving things out. So if you just follow a logical train of thought, the most effective way to know what an author wants to communicate is to read it all and to read it in consecutive order. Yeah. And so to me, for the long, steady diet of a church, what makes the most sense is to do what we would call sequential exposition, where you start in chapter one, verse one, and teach and walk your people all the way through it. It's yeah. not that it's the only way to teach, it's not that it's the only way to have an effective sermon, but I think the the long standing diet of a church that does that, it trains and equips them in a in the best possible way. Amen. Now I want to say this. So I'm I'm right now I'm preaching through Mark. Um I'm in chapter eleven. Um, I just finished on Sunday night, that's Sunday morning, Sunday nights. I just preaching through, just finished preaching through Lamentations. Yeah. And so I often have two different books that I'm, I'm walking and teaching through. And then from time to time, I'll take a break for three or four weeks and, and I'll address some different things topically, sure. um, different things that are helpful for our church. So I, I think there's certainly a place to do that. But I think a steady diet of, of doing that for your people is the best way to teach them theology, best way to teach them context, best yeah. way to teach them how to rightly interpret scripture. And one of the things that's so important that I think often gets left out in preaching, good preaching models for your people in the sermon how they are to study the Bible. Yes. So one of the things I'm aware of when I preach is I'm wanting to teach my people. I want to encourage them. I want to help them and shepherd them. But one of the things I'm doing, I hope, is modeling for them how to read and study, interpret and apply the Bible. Yes. And so I want my preaching to be a living, breathing, I pray, faithful example for my people. And so 
I think the best way to do that is to, to start beginning to end. Another reason why that's a strong conviction for me is as the preacher, it, it protects me in two ways. One, I'm not just chasing subjects that I want to always teach on. Yep. The other side is I can't avoid the subjects I'd rather not preach on. Exactly. Yes. So, you know, earlier this fall, I'm going through the Gospel of Mark and I've got to preach on hell because Jesus did. Yeah. And I've got to teach on divorce because Jesus did. Yeah. Well, what pastor wakes up on Sunday morning and says, you know what I really want to do? Let's yeah. go preach on divorce. You know, but no. but it's if, if you believe that God's word is for our good and it's profitable, which the Bible says it is. It is. And that means all of God's word is helpful for us. So let's not skip any parts of it. Absolutely. And so I go ahead. Well, there's going to be points in in the text where it's going to it's going to press on the listener or the reader as they're as they're studying this and they're listening to it being preached. That's the whole. I mean, when you preach, there's conviction that comes from the Holy Spirit. And so that is and if you avoid those subjects or you avoid that subject matter, then there's going to be the potential that that, you know, it's it's for their, you know, Romans eight. It's for their good. For sure. The, The other thing, too, is. You know, no matter no matter what size a church is, th- this is always possible. And so, like like in my context, uh, we we usually have about a thousand people here on a Sunday morning on on any given Sunday. Of of those thousand people who would be here, um, how many of them could sit there and listen and say, "Is is he preaching about me? Is he talking about me?" You know, and and, and when they know, I'm just preaching the next verse. Yeah it kind of eliminates that, that fear there, there's nobody sitting there yeah. thinking he's directing this at me. You know, they just know now the, the opposite's true too. They also know that, that if they're dealing with a certain sin and it's in the text, we're going to deal with it. Amen. It, it, we're not there. skipping it. No. And so yeah. I, I think, I think what, what exposition does is it trains your people how to best read in context trains them to think theologically, forces us to deal with the hard text. And I think it creates a trust between the pastor and the congregation. 100%. Because if if I were to, not that it would be wrong for me to stand up and preach on any biblical topic next week, that that would be legitimate, that would be fine. But if I stand up next week as I preach through Mark, and it's just the next verse, what they know is I'm just letting scripture drive what we're doing. Amen. I'm not waking up every Monday trying to create something. I'm not trying to be on some soapbox. I'm just preaching what's next. It also reminds the pastor that he is to be a servant of Christ as he teaches the word, that it's not about us as the pastor. It's just about us faithfully taking God's word and giving it to the people. So I'm not authoritative ultimately. I'm not supreme in any sense. I'm just a waiter taking the food, so to speak, from the kitchen to the people, taking the word from the author, the 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 author in, of the spirit to the people. And wow. and when you preach expositionally, I'm convinced one of the things that will happen is your people begin to bring a Bible to church and mm-hmm. open it. Amen. Because you're you're drawing attention to verses and words and phrases, yeah. And this is this is kind of shocking, but 
by far, by far, the most often heard uh, comment I get from our guests or new or new members is visually how stunned they are to look across the sanctuary and see hundreds and hundreds of people with an open Bible. Come on. Now it shouldn't be that. That shouldn't be strange. Exactly. But in our world today, it just is. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a lot of times on 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 a Sunday morning where I'll say, you know, open the scripture to whatever text, and I just get real quiet because I want people to hear the sound of hundreds of pages opening. Yes. Amen. And it's a re- reminder to me as the preacher that my people are saying, Pastor, we love you, we trust you, but what you say needs to come from the book. Hundred percent. I said this. And when I see that visually, it just reminds me they're not here to hear me. They're not here to get my thoughts. They're here to say, "Help me understand this Bible better." Absolutely. I pulled the quote from uh, Brother Lawson a couple of weeks ago in my sermon. I said, "The only time that my sermon is perfect is when I'm reading the Word of God." That's right. That's right. And, and And it's it's interesting you say that because I watch a lot of church services, a lot. Um, some out of interest and some because of the preaching mentorships I do. Sure. And it is astounding how few churches publicly read the scripture. Mm. It's referred to, it's sort of brought up, but as far as a time where the congregation all with an open Bible has a, a man of God reading the scripture is sadly quite rare. And it is the only time in our worship service where we can know with certainty this was perfect. Amen. Yeah. And I, so we, we need to not only teach the text, but we need to read the Bible, just publicly read the Bible and let that be a, a significant part of our worship. Oh, absolutely. I, man, it, it is refreshing to hear because, I mean, it's one thing to hear like John MacArthur or Steve Lawson or, or, or any of these guys, you know, the, the guys that have gone on before, guys like Sproul and that have said right. these before but to hear somebody that's a local pastor in Oklahoma say these things is just such a refreshing thing for for me as a as a pastor of a church of about 100 people it it is refreshing to hear that from another platform so i just and, and i'm and, thankful and that's the thing that our preaching should be driven convictionally so it's it's not about how big or small a church is or how yeah. well known or unknown someone is it's about what do we do when god's people gather Please, yes. What 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 is scripture calling us to do? And and our role as pastors is to train Ephesians 4, train and equip our people, help them grow up and be built up in the word. And it's funny because I, I think back, sometimes I'm asked a question like, you know, have you always been an expositor or, or did, when did you start doing that? And here's the truth of it. I started full-time ministry when I was 20 and hadn't been to seminary yet. Yeah. I was 20. I, I was a youth pastor, had students in my youth group that were 18 and 19. And I'm thinking to myself, what what do I have, you know, to, to give them? And so if you would have asked me in 1994, when I was starting in ministry full time, if you'd have said, what do you think about exposition, expositional preaching? I would have said, I, I don't know, d- define it. And, and I'll tell you, I have no idea what you mean. Yeah. Here's what I knew. I knew that I was young inexperienced and firmly convinced the only reason someone should listen to me is if I'm helping explain the text of scripture to them. Yes. So when I was a youth pastor, 
we had at the we started small by God's grace it grew and it was a great group but we started with this very small youth group and all I did on Wednesday night was open the Bible to a text and I would teach that text and teach the next verse and teach the next verse and pick it up next week yeah. I didn't even have a category called expository preaching in my mind I'm doing it I didn't even know what it was I was just <laughs> desperate right I didn't know what to teach I didn't know what to do next. Right. I didn't have a lot of experience. I didn't have much insight. I just thought if I know what I'm teaching in the Bible, I can spend six days learning everything I can about it. Yeah. Tell them what I learned. And then I'll pick up the next week where I left off so they can keep learning more and more. So I was doing as best I could expository preaching literally from day one, though I didn't even know what it was. It was out of pure desperation. As I went to seminary, and I started learning some new topics, I realized, oh, I, I'm trying to do expositional preaching. I didn't even know that was a thing. I didn't, I just, I was just desperate. <laughs> and so awesome. it's always been what I've done. And it yeah. honestly started out of a conviction of no one should listen to me unless I'm teaching them the Bible. Amen. 30 years later, I, I had that same conviction every Sunday. Amen. Uh, a title, a degree, longevity, none of those things qualify me for someone to listen to me. It's just if what I'm doing is helping them know who God is more by understanding his word. And that's so that's awesome. that was my mindset 30 years ago. That's my mindset today. As long as the Lord gives me strength to do it, that's what I'm going to do. And um, I, I, I feel in some sense as desperate now as I did 30 years ago. Amen. Because the weight of of handling God's word never goes away. It it really doesn't. And I, 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 my dad was an expository preacher till the day he died, and so I I saw that modeled all through my life. And he was the guy that introduced me to John MacArthur and and all these guys. And and uh, it and when I when I heard about this, I just thought, man, Dad would so be excited that I was going to this thing. And so I oh. uh, I I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, thank you for your commitment to the word and to the, the preaching of that word, um, solidly to, to feed the sheep. Um, it's a a joy to do it. It it, it is truly an honor to do it. And I think sometimes as preachers, we can, we can forget the honor that we've been given to do this. Yes. It's hard work. And yes, sometimes you get scars and yes, sometimes, you know, things are unfair, Okay, that's true for all, everybody, right? Like this is an yeah. honor. This Amen. is an honor to devote our lives to the study of God's word for the good of our people. Oh. And sometimes pastors lose sight that this is a privilege. I, I wasn't called to preach because I was great and gifted and Amen. skillful at all. Amen. Um, but the Lord in his kindness and sovereignty providentially called me to preach. He has equipped me to do whatever whatever I'm able to do is because of his grace alone. What yeah. could be more of an honor than to get to help people know the Bible better? So it, it's such a joy to do it. Amen. Well, I uh, I just want to say thank you. And if some if someone wants to find out more information about who you are, what you're doing, where do they where do they need to go? Yeah. So my ministry website is called everywordpreached.com. Okay. Everywordpreached.com, and that just comes out of the conviction that we've just been talking about. Uh, I, I want to preach every word. Wow. I don't. I don't want to skip verses. Don't want to skip words. I want to. I, I want to. As, as long as the Lord gives me breath, I'm trying to knock out another book of, of preaching. So everywordpreach.com. It's got some 
daily devotions I write. My sermons are on there. Some books I've written are on there. Um, there's a list of uh, helpful resources for Christians, for pastors. Uh, there, there's some different things on there that I think would be a help, perhaps to some uh, preachers kind of looking for direction and instruction of, of yeah. who to read and how to get started. And uh, so they, they could get there. And there's a place there to contact if somebody wants to visit with me or talk about anything with life or ministry. I'm happy to respond personally and directly to any message that comes through there. So that would be probably the easiest way to do it. Well, I'm going to link that in the show notes and so everybody can get a hold of you and find you through, through that. Uh, but uh, brother, would you dismiss us in prayer? Absolutely. I would love to. It's great to talk about preaching with you. Thanks for the, the, t- yes, the time. Sir. Thank you. Lord, we are grateful for the privilege we have as your servants just to handle your word. And I pray, Lord, that for all of us as believers, whether we are pastors or Sunday school teachers, whatever our role in the body of Christ may be, that we would all recognize that we are to be students of your word. Thank you that you have preserved through the work of your spirit, the scripture that we can know your revealed heart and mind. Lord, as as your servant said in the Old Testament, this is no idle thing. This is our life. May we approach your word with that level of, of conviction that this truly is our life. May we read it, teach it, obey it, meditate on it, And may we, by the study of your word, reflect more and more of you, the one that we worship. We pray that in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for taking time to talk to me today. Anytime. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Yes, sir.